0: Environment Matters is the show that brings you news on issues of sustainability from around the district and from further afield. Now, conservative estimates of pond loss suggest that around half a million ponds have been lost in the UK over the last 100 years, and of the remaining ponds, one in five are thought to be in poor condition. Now when surveyed the Freshwater Habitats Trust found that since the 1990 ponds in protected landscapes have lost 25% of their wetland plants and pond net surveys of wider countryside ponds also revealed a worrying picture of the state of pond biodiversity now the Wildlife Trust say that many ponds have been drained or neglected and have filled with silt or vegetation or stagnated under fallen leaves. Some ponds have become choked with alien invasive plants such as New Zealand pygmy weed, which is often unknowingly introduced by people emptying ponds or aquaria. Because they are small, ponds are particularly vulnerable to contamination by pollutants that run off in rainwater from agricultural land and roads. Even recreational activities can adversely affect ponds, such as allowing dogs to swim in them, which churns up the sediment, and feeding wildfowl like ducks, which can result in damaging high populations and nutrient problems. But why does this matter? Well, it matters because it turns out that ponds are super important for wildlife. The Freshwater Habitats Trust says that whilst it's often been assumed that larger water bodies like rivers and lakes have a higher conservation value than ponds, in fact, new evidence shows that this is not true. A comparison of the number of invertebrate animal species collected from 600 rivers and 150 ponds across Britain showed that, in total, the ponds supported more invertebrate species than the rivers. The ponds also had a greater number of rare animals. And we now know that nationally, about two-thirds of all Britain's freshwater plants and animals can be found somewhere in permanent and temporary ponds. Now, the Wildlife Trust say that unmaintained field ponds may only last for around 100 years as they gradually fill with silt, fine, sludgy mud that gets swept in by rain and settles at the bottom. In order to remain vibrant wildlife sites, most ponds need maintaining. Which is why it's so good to hear that the Highfield Park Trust has ambitious plans to renovate Selbarns Pond, a pond in the park. I spoke to Tim Abbott of the Highfield Park Trust and I started by asking him where in Highfield Park we would find Selbarn's Pond.
1: Yeah, certainly, Amanda. And thank you for having me on the show. Um, Highfield Park, um, south-east of St Albans, um, a rural park, 82 acres, uh, many, many different aspects to the park. Um, We have two traditional Hertfordshire orchards, one in Selbarn's, one on the hill end side of the park, this particular pond is Selbarn's Pond, um, which can be found north-west of Selbarn's Orchard. So it's close to the Nuffield Sports Centre, if that if that helps people locate it in their mind. So there's a traditional Hertfordshire orchard there. Um, we have a very, very rare arcure close by as well. An Could you
0: explain a... <laughs> to us what that is? Just, again, that's a new term to me.
1: Well, an arcure is a very specialist way of training apple trees it's very rare in its heyday we believe it was considered to be the best example of an, an arcure in europe outside of versailles it sits there today in our little traditional Hertfordshire orchard nobody knows anything about it and you know what we're trying to do is it's raise the profile of the park more generally and, and we're very keen that people people come and visit
0: it is a beautiful green space isn't it tim and and as you say Hiverbug is, you know, it's not in the centre of St. Thomas. It is a little bit off the beaten track, and your pond is, you know, again a quite a secluded space which has a lot of potential. Do you know anything about the um the history of the pond, perhaps how it was created?
1: So the whole area is, is quite a historic site. We have a picture of the actual pond from a 1905 magazine called Ladiesfield and it was the front page of Ladiesfield mag- magazine. It used to sit in the formal gardens of um, Great Sale House. We know there were various people that lived in Great Selborne's House and we've got some historical records about that time. So we know that it was a Victorian ornamental pond but over the years it's fallen into disrepair. So Highfield Park Trust took it over in uh, 1996. We attempted a first sort of restoration program at that point point. But in fairness, it was a little bit superficial. And, you know, it, you know, a few years later, guess what? We need to go again. But we have to be more fundamental now in what we do. This restoration project will enable us to hopefully create um, a community space that people from all walks of life can come and enjoy. You know, it's important that, that we attract as many people into the area as we can. Uh, Accessibility is clearly an important feature because as you said, it's a bit dilapidated, it's a bit remote, and we want as many people as possible to enjoy it. And it's just a win-win, you know, um, it's dilapidated. There's no aquatic life in in the pond at all. So we feel that a restoration not only restores it back to its um, former glory, but it will also increase the biodiversity in the immediate area. And again, that's something that the Trust is really passionately about. About doing.
0: Okay. So but you've said that the, the pond has fallen into disrepair and needs restoration. What, what kind of disrepair are we talking about? It's still got water and it hasn't silted up or well, anything, yeah, has no, it? it actually, what, what, what are the issues that it has?
1: So there isn't actually very much water in it at all at the moment. First thing is that over, over the years, self-seeded trees have grown up around the perimeter of the pond. The roots of those trees have um, destroyed the brick lining that the Victorians put in. The trees are obviously sucking up the water during the summer months. And also a couple of the trees are conifer trees. So the needles have dropped over time, have turned the water acidic. And of course, that doesn't support aquatic life. So we've had a couple of surveys. And so far, nobody has been able to find anything in there at all, which is a great pity. The Trust has various remits. It has a historical remit and it has a wildlife and environmental remit. And this opportunity brings both together, and I think it's a fantastic opportunity that hopefully will not only create something which is of interest to the immediate community, but also St Organs and beyond.
0: Indeed. So the pond at the minute, not good for for wildlife, but obviously with lots of potential. What are the plans that you've got to improve it for for wildlife?
1: Well, the first thing we need to do is remove a lot of the that is already in there. I've learned a fair bit about ponds, actually. I can't say that I'm an expert, but I've learned a fair bit over the last six months or so. But reeds only propagate in water that is less than a metre deep. So it is quite a shallow pond. So over the last couple of years, reeds have really taken over the pond. One of the problems we've had is the Trust relies an awful lot on volunteer labour and volunteer supporters just coming out and helping us. And we have various organisations that have come out in the past and have helped us clear the pond, like the University of Hertfordshire. With COVID and the restrictions, it just means that these volunteers just haven't come out. So the reeds have really taken over. So the surface area of the water now is is really quite small. So we need to clear the reeds out. That's the first thing we need to do. The second thing is that we we need to profile the pond and deepen it a little bit. Slightly deeper water remains cooler and there's less evaporation, which means it should stay fuller for longer. Those are the sort of things that we we need to do. We need to profile the shape um, so that we have some marginal planting in there we also need to think about, and this is what we're challenging ourselves with at the moment, how do we retain the Victorian-ness of the pond, because we are seeking funding from the Heritage Fund, but also ensure that it's as wildlife-friendly as it can be, because maybe the Victorians weren't um, as environmentally conscious as we are. So that's something that we're pondering with at the moment because. The Victorian ponds you know, had sharp edges and we need to soften those in some way. And, and the marginal planting will certainly help and it will help the you know, smaller creatures escape. But things like hedgehogs, like if hedgehogs end up in the pond, how do we make sure that, that they escape? So there's, there's some issues that we've got there and we're, we're working that as we're speaking.
0: You mentioned the fact that the overhanging conifers had caused acidification of the water. Uh, will you be looking to remove some of the trees or, or yeah, will they be able to stay?
1: No, that's, that's one of the things we have to do. Some of the trees will stay. There's a couple of ashes that we think we'll have to stay. One of them has got a TPO on it. So in our plans, we will sort of move the edge of the pond slightly forward a bit just just to offset that tree, put some kind of barrier in there to, to stop the roots coming through so at the far end of the pond we think we will definitely keep keep two trees the coniferous trees will have to come out and there's four ash trees just along that that side of the pond that will come out as well so again they will, they will stop sucking up water during the summer months get more light into the pond as well so so it will
0: help so whilst it's sad to be losing trees, the pond habitat is very important and, and it can't really survive with all those trees there.
1: It's really important to put this in context. The Trust has planted tens of thousands of trees over the years and this point was raised during one of our consultations and we have made a pledge that for any tree that we take out, we will plant another tree. We want to
0: do the right thing by the environment and storing the pond is the best thing that we can do. Absolutely. So, as you've said, there's, there's some quite difficult considerations for you concerning the heritage of the site and trying to improve its suitability for, for wildlife. But you've also gone through quite a detailed consultation process as well to ensure that you're making this a good place for people too. Can you tell us a bit about that and about who you've consulted with?
1: Certainly. I met the National Lottery Heritage Fund physically in 2018, actually. But I had a a general roundup with them uh, last summer and I met our engagement officer for the first time. And she said to me, look, it's really, really important that heritage is enjoyed by as many people as possible. And that's such an admirable thing. So we, we sat down, we brainstormed one evening all the groups around St Albans that maybe we could do better in talking to or we didn't have any contact with at all. And it was a very, very wide-ranging group. We looked at elderly groups. We looked at the U3A, we looked at Open College, we looked at the University of Hertfordshire. We looked at some of the natural history groups. We looked at groups for young people. In total, we came up with about 30 or so different organisations. We looked at the interfaith groups. So we've had the Jewish community out. It's been really, really interesting. And even if we're not successful in our application, it's been a tremendous experience in terms of going out and saying hello to so many different groups and so many different organisations. And so far, everybody has been so incredibly supportive. And we've had some great events where we've had people come out. So a, a, a nice one is, is, is the Scouts. We asked them to come out and actually tell us what they would like to see in a finished scheme. We had some great ideas, things that we hadn't actually thought of, You know, like putting bird boxes up in, in the trees a bit further around the perimeter, like building a pub. Bug Hotel and they said they'll come out and do that for us. So it's been a very, very rewarding process and we're hopeful that momentum that we've created will move forward into the next phase and we can start thinking about activities that then get these people back into the park and back around that pond.
0: Brilliant. That sounds fantastic. Now, as you've said, you've applied to the Heritage Lottery Fund to fund the improvements to the pond. But as you say, you're you're looking more widely at at getting more people to enjoy the pond. And you're you're hoping to get funding as a later stage for a building next to the the pond next year. Could you just tell us briefly what your vision might be for that building and how it will help with engagement?
1: Yeah, we we were told some time ago, it's best to think big with these things. Our original concept was it wouldn't it be fantastic if we could link all these different elements together. So we've got this very historic orchard with it's arcure and we have a pond and we just thought we're doing more and more things with nature in the Trust and we just thought it'd be very nice if we could link all those different aspects together with a little building so that for example if we have if we have elderly people coming out and we have a toilet in the building there's more chance that they can come out. And it's not a very grand building. We, we kind of call it a small barn or a hide. And again, wouldn't it be great because you know we have, we do have accessibility issues in the park. Um, and it's very important that we um, improve the network paths, but it'd be so good if we could improve that network down that end of the park so that we can actually get um, people in wheelchairs out and actually enjoying that space as well. And actually, if we can create a, communi- a communal space that can be enjoyed by everybody, where, you know, whatever their circumstance, you know, that, that's, that's that's the goal, really, to create a really good um, community space that can be enjoyed by as many people as possible. And the heritage and the wildlife should be amazing. That's that's what we wanted to choose.
0: That sounds like a, a fantastic ambition there. So you're in the process of completing your heritage lottery fund application now you're, you're handing that in uh, in august do you know when you'll be able to find out if that bid has been successful
1: i think it'll be a few months after i mean i haven't got an exact date yet from from the lottery fund i'm talking to our engagement officer currently but that's one of the questions that i'd like to ask her is once we've actually made the submission and we are targeted for august as, as you say What's the process after that? Because it is, you know, it is going to be a fair bit of money. So, I'm am hoping they're going to come out and they're going to have a little walk around the pond, and we can and we can we can show them we can show them everything that we have to offer. Because I think we've got a lot to offer.
0: So, so would your hope be that you'd be able to do this work perhaps next year, so that the yeah no, I'm
1: then... I'm hope I'm hopeful, and it is a hope at the moment that we could we could start the process this year, and then we could um, finish. I should think it would it will take it will take a little while to finish, but. I'm hopeful it'll be finished by the early part of next year. That'll be lovely.
0: Indeed. Well, fingers crossed for that, and we look forward to hearing all about it because it sounds like a really exciting project, Tim. Thank you so much for telling us about that. Thank you very much. I was talking there to Tim Abbott of Highfield Park Trust. Now, the vast majority of ponds in the UK are actually found in our gardens. Half a million in the wider landscape compared to three million in our gardens. So if you've got a garden pond, you are providing an essential service for wildlife. And if you don't have a pond, then you'll be pleased to know that even the tiniest pond can make a huge difference. Now, all the things that Tim was talking about regarding the Selbarns pond are just the same considerations that apply when siting a garden pond. Anything is good, but the deeper the better keep your pond away from overhanging trees particularly conifers and ensure that wildlife can easily get in and out perhaps with the help of marginal plants like they plan to use at Highfield. and i can guarantee that any ponds that you create in your garden will be an immediate magnet for wildlife and an absolute delight to watch. Now, I would love to see pictures of your ponds. Do share them on Twitter at rv underscore environment is where we are. On Facebook, the page is Environment Matters on Radio Verulam or email them to me at amanda at I'm going to be back at the same time next week. But until then, thank you for listening.